I've said before that the killer of the two girls in Delphi, Indiana, shall be named before the five-year anniversary of their murders. But are investigators anywhere close to naming a suspect? So far, they've been eerily quiet about any movement in the case. Next on Drowning Verdict, I talk about some things that may have been overlooked and a reason or two for you to walk down that bridge with me toward a suspect. For now, though, let me draw it out for you. I mean, make a sketch. Welcome to Drowning Verdict. I'm Chip Mahoney, and you're listening to my true crime podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about cases out there in the world that fascinate me, and I go more in depth with the case. So thanks a lot for joining me today. Uh, You might have found me on my YouTube or my Twitter, which is a good way to get the latest episodes in that format. And if you like what you hear in the sample, click the link in the description to get the full episode and check it out. If you have uh, checked me out before, you know I talk about my YouTube channel. Um, That's a good place to be because you're going to get full episodes of DV without having to go anywhere else, plus my other show called Glock Watchers, which is crime and commentary. So hit the sub button. Um, means a lot to me if you do that and come back for more, be more part about what I do. You know, if you've subscribed before and you're coming back, you know, it wasn't just a drive-by for you the first time you did that and you're coming back for more. High fives to you. I totally appreciate that. means a hell of a lot to me. And you should know that I just want to deliver for you if I can. And when I think about doing my episodes, the content that I'm providing, I always think in terms of providing some sort of uh, new nugget to chew on, something that you're not normally getting into uh, from the newsfeed. Because if you have heard me before, you've most likely heard me talk about the newsfeed, that it is an ugly, ugly monster. It eats up our attention. And when it comes to true crime cases, the stuff that does need attention, like constant media attention, well, you know, they get pushed to the side for other stuff that comes out each and every day, which... As I say, there's no news every day. There's just people on TV pretending that there's news and making something of whatever they want to that day. I mean, that's their job. That's their job. So I try to get to, uh, you know, something to chew on or, as I say, a reason to stick with the podcast. And I've got a few reasons for you uh, right now in this podcast episode on the Delphi Murders update to stick with me because I'm going to give you something that you probably haven't heard before and something to think about because this is such an important case it's coming up on the five-year anniversary which would be february 2022 and as i've said before i think there's a pretty good chance my gut feeling says to me that a suspect shall be named and i've said that before in an episode because i just got that feeling you know it's whenever the authorities the feds Um, The ones that are close to this case, you know, working on it, when they're really quiet, I think things are happening. And in this case, I got a good feeling about it, that a suspect shall be named. And you know what? Talked about that before, of course. I've talked about James Bryan Chadwell, uh, number two, the second. Um, You know, just what a scary guy he is. And, you know, a pretty good subject, I would say, 
too linked to this stuff. You know, it's a kind of swirls around in the news media. I don't really have to talk too much about that because it's already been done before. And, you know, him bringing, um, you know, drawn into court uh, recently within the last month or two, that's just really scary stuff. And it's it kind of makes you scratch your head going, wow, you know, that was such a, such a terrible thing that happened there that of course, you know, um, having proximity and being close to the Delphi, um, where the Delphi murders took place that, you know, yeah, that could be somebody to look at. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about him. And then another dude who you've heard about and, um, you know, kind of put you in a direction of how I feel about it now, after all this work put in and uh, where I think this uh, case is going to go. And I'm going to give you a few things, actually, like I said, that you probably haven't heard before. You know, I'm not calling them clues or anything, but I'm just going to say that it's something. It's a reason to stick around. So let me talk about uh, James Brian Chadwell, too, uh, before I get into the other guy and what this episode's all about. It's just learning more about it and uh, thinking about how the authorities might be um, pursuing this case and how they're going about it. So... You know, I've talked about on a previous episode that, um, you know, it's just really scary what, uh, you know, James Brian Chadwell II had done. Um, the reason why he got arrested, the reason why he was drawn into court looking like Hannibal Lecter, just a scary individual. And yeah, it's really chilling to look at that stuff up close and uh, kind of makes you want to turn away. I've said before, when you take everything that he has done in his background, the 20 years or so of his crimes and everything that you can put on a timeline, what would happen if you put those two murders on his timeline, February 2017, and, um, you know, just see how it fit there. And the word that I had given before, you know, and I'm going to give it to you now again, is the word escalate. You know, did he commit what he did uh, throughout his timeline? doing stints in uh, jail and getting out of jail and, you know, roughing up cops and all the stuff that he's accused of doing, did he escalate to a double murder? Did he escalate to a double murder? So um, if you want more details on that, you, of course, can check out the previous episodes on DV where I get into that. But I talk about escalation because in in true crime and the things that, uh, you know, serial killers do and so forth is that you'll find more often than not, that they escalate in their behavior. They go from breaking in to, um, you know, other things. I don't need to mention them, uh, but they just escalate in their bad behavior. So did he escalate and commit a double murder? Well, you know, that's kind of a stretch, but, you know, proximity is one thing as well. And what he is accused of doing is also pretty darn terrible. So I think that it could be put on the timeline just to look at and think about it. Now, in talking about him before, um, you know, I've said that, uh, you know, in this case with these two murders, my feeling is that there's no serial killer involved. There's no multiple murderer in here. This is like a one-off event. It's kind of a, a thing that, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, the person who did it, it's like the first time. They've done other stuff before, but they escalated to this. And, you know, could it go to another murder in the future? And could you be breeding a serial killer activity? Possibly. But I think this is a one-off event, which makes it more, um, as far as proximity goes, um, the, the travel time or the 
the distance between where the killer is and where the killing happened can be much longer than I normally see, which I'll normally see with serial killers somewhere in the distance between 30 and 75 miles. But this could stretch over over 100 miles in a one-off event. So I kind of, you know, pull back the reins a little bit and not think so much about James Bryan Chadwell too, um, as far as a subject for this. Despite how scary and how ugly uh, his crimes have been in the past and the crime that he's accused of with the nine-year-old girl, which you can read all about, which is, uh, it's just really, really sad. It's just a terrible, terrible thing. And thank goodness for the cops that actually rescued that girl, which is what they did. Those are some uh, hero cops in my mind, um, going back uh, to the tatted stranger and not taking his lie as truth and saying, you know what, we're going to go back and see that guy, the guy that's been in jail for so long and just got out, uh, who's roughed up cops before, because, you know, if he's roughed up, roughed up cops before been in jail, he probably could tell a lie or two, which he was doing. And thank goodness for those cops for rescuing that girl, which they did. Otherwise, she would have been killed. And um, you can read all about that. But let me get into uh, a tie-in and kind of how I'm going to segue into the ne the next segment and give you more of that reason that I'm talking about, that nugget, something to think about um, where possibly a suspect could be named before the five-year anniversary comes. Hopefully that's the case. I'm going to talk about, in this segue, I'm going to talk about uh, Chadwell II's uh, tats, you know, the tatted stranger um, who was a stranger not so much anymore because we know about him and he's in the news and yeah some outlets have tried to tie him to this case um you know i've only said that hey you know put that stuff on a timeline and fit it in between somehow and see if it uh, see if it kind of fits from an escalation standpoint but i'm going to talk about those tattoos because i've got something to say about them yeah I do think that, I, you know, first of all, I don't know when they were put on, when the ink was done. I don't know that in, in as far as the timeline goes, when the ink was done, when he was out of prison and the girls were killed, I don't know. But what I do think is that those pictures, those images on his arms, I think there are two of them. One of them, uh, you know, strikingly similar to one of the girls. Um, and if you've listened to me before, I don't like to name the names of victims, especially if they're young. You can figure that out for yourself. But thinking about the ink thinking about the sketch keyword sketch is that i think that stuff was done for more um i want to say publicity or for more attention i kind of feel that a dude that's been in prison for a long time a dude that just doesn't give a shit about society uh dragged off and chains looking about like hannibal lecter uh taken by the sheriffs up to the courthouse in those images that you've you know, saw a month ago, scary stuff. I don't think he gives a shit about society. I think it's FU society with this guy. And therefore, I think those tattoos are like kind of just taunting people. So I don't necessarily think that the killer would have actually tattooed uh, pictures of his victims on his arms. I think that's for attention. I think that goes with the the, the canvas or the mentality or the tough guy uh, stuff, the badassery, if you will. I don't buy into it as far as it being like a link to the actual victims. I think he saw their pictures. He's in the area. He knows the murders well, as everybody does in that local area. And maybe he got the ink done. The sketch is done after that. So I give you that word sketch, keyword, keyword. And I'm going to drop that into the reason 
why I got this podcast, why I have this episode, because it's kind of the juice that I go by where, you know, I've got something to talk about um, in such an interesting, fascinating case that I want to be solved. And you know what? It can't be forgotten about. Can't be forgotten about. So sketch. Um, That leads me to the other subject, if you will. And I'm not going to drop the name as I've done with Chadwell too, because, you know, um, Chadwell too has been in the news lately. He's been arrested for uh, what he did to that nine-year-old girl. I have no problem with, uh, you know, talking more about him. But the other one I'm going to just say is a subject. You can match it up online and a multitude of websites with the sketch. And the sketch that I'm talking about is the one with uh, the funky face, the funky nose, and the cap. Um, you could call it like a boondock, boondocker cap or a newsboy hat, which is kind of like that top cap, but then there's a little bill. And that's more of a newsboy, as they would call it, cap. And you would see that on uh, TV, some of the uh, like old um, uh, things like Peaky Blinders, you know, like where they're doing a, a period piece about gangsters. And that was like normal wear, like a newsboy cap kind of a tough guy kind of gangster look and that's what the sketch shows like i said it's a very distinctive face uh kind of a funky nose the ears are a little bit twinged the hair's a little bit twinged doesn't look like a guy you'd want to kind of uh run into in a in a dark alley somewhere he seems like a tough dude probably would come along and uh you know threaten to you know break your legs for not uh, making payments on some gambling debt or something just a tough tough look right so that's a that's a sketch. That's a sketch. We have the Snapchat video that one of the victims had recorded. This is also called the Snapchat murders. Um, however, with that sketch, one thing I do want to point out is I said before, uh, just a few minutes ago, that with uh, you know Chadwell having proximity within you know twenty miles or thirty miles or so something like that, which is that's typical serial killer stuff. If you're dumping bodies, dismembering bodies. Uh, just like the Long Island serial killer, for instance, you're going to be within 30 miles of those drop sites, you know, where you're dumping bodies. And that's just kind of, you know, goes with the territory of being a serial killer. They tend to stick to their territory like that and just kind of be in the outline and the fringes of it. So with a one-off event, which is like an escalated event, you know, this person has committed some sort of crimes before he's been in trouble somewhere. Um, but it's not so much serial killer stuff. Therefore, I think the the mileage between the two where the subject might be, or eventually a suspect, could be over what I typically see is about 35 miles or so. It could be 100 miles. It could be 100 miles to where the actual person lives. And when talking about this subject, who I haven't named, but I've told you about the sketch, I've told you about the, the newsboy cap, Something I'm going to say about sketches is that when it comes down to having an accurate sketch by a, an artist that works with the police in multitudes of cases that I've covered, I've read about, I've talked about on Drowning Verdict, when it comes to finding the killer and when the killer is um, eventually caught, like the Golden State Killer, for instance, when they're eventually caught, when you match up that sketch with a photo, 
like a, a real photo that they have or maybe a family photo that comes out later on it's like it, it's like spot on and it's it kind of brings you to the point of like wow how can we never saw this how can we never saw that the sketch was actually this person that we thought it would be so the ink on the arm of chadwell 2 seems to me a dude that is like f society i don't care i'm a bad boy i'm gonna tap this on my arm yeah i didn't do it but i don't care if people think i did it or not you know that's just how i kind of see this turning um you know of you know how how i've seen stuff come out in the news if you will um but the sketches are always typically spot on and i think you need to think about that as far as who could have done it who could have done it and what i'm going to say about the the cap that the subject is wearing or the person who i've not named but you can look it up you can you can look up the name you can do all the research you can hit all the you know uh, chat sites about it that's for you to do but i also want to say that in other pictures of the subject he's half the time or more than half the time wearing a cap of some sort and it's not a baseball cap it's not a baseball cap but it's a different kind of like say a military hat or an outdoorsy hat it's something that you wouldn't typically wear when you go out in in public you know you're not going to wear your military style hat out to the store or to the coffee shop you're if you're going to wear a hat and it's cold out and you're trying to protect your dome you're going to wear like a baseball cap if you're a guy okay so not talking about that i'm just talking about different styles of hats and when the when the subject is pictured that more than half the time he is wearing something on the dome and that's why i think that when you're wearing a newsboys newsboil newsboy style hat and looking like a gangster looking real tough that hmm you're probably wearing hats more often than not when you wake up in the morning you do what you got to do you're putting on a, a hat of some type but when you got one of those hats i think you got other hats that aren't like baseball caps you're wearing different styles and that's what i see pictured with the person that um i'm not naming you can look it up you can look it up i'm a podcaster i'm not an investigator it's not my job to bring people to justice with no evidence but that's what i think that's what i know from previous experience that the sketch if it does come out the sketch is usually spot on so when i think about the artwork the tats the ink the sketching on the skin and the sketching of uh, another person's face who um seems to match up very well in the pictures to the uh you know the one with the newsboy cap on um i tend to think that the sketch is most important the sketch is most important investigators know that they must know that and i've seen that in a hell of a lot of cases that when it comes out that sketch is like you match it up side by side and you're like oh my goodness it is just how did we not know how did we not know he was right here in front of us the whole time now when speaking about what the investigators are doing when i'm wrapping up this as i wrap up this episode and probably the last couple minutes here i want to touch on how quiet they've been um, you know, as far as we know, uh, we don't know at this point, actually, how the girls died. 
if they had anything happen to them, why they were alive right before they died. We don't know how they died. Um, we don't know if a tool was used. We don't know if there was any DNA left. I mean, it has just been really, really quiet, which makes me think that something can actually happening or is happening behind the scenes. And I think that's really, uh, really important. Um, but you know what? You do have to have evidence of some some kind. Um, having a sketch looking like someone that's like I said, if, if it comes out and somebody is, is actually arrested for it, then you match it up and you say, Oh wow. It's always been there. But if you don't have the evidence, you don't have stuff to match up with, uh, such as DNA, such as, um, uh, anything left at the scene that could be linked to you. Um, there's really not much that you can do about it. So I would imagine that, you know, the cell phone, um, stuff is really important to gather. Is that possible to get in this case? And then, of course, what happened to the girls, how they died, and the circumstances surrounding that. And my thinking is that it was very uh, heinous in nature, which is why they haven't talked about it. Um, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So when wrapping up this update, what's, uh, what's my takeaways here? My takeaways are that the five years is coming up. Um, you know, it was right at, um, what was it, uh, Valentine's Day of uh, 2017. I think it was uh, either that day, oh gosh, can't remember exactly. It might have been the day before or the day of. You can tell me. You can let me know. Um, but yeah, the five years is coming up. And there's so much swirling around in the news feed that where's our attention with this? Um, it needs to be talked about more. It needs to be shared more. And it's just an important thing that needs to be solved. Two innocent victims. And what do I think about who done it? I think it wasn't a serial killer. I think it was a one-off event, but it was an escalated event that the person had done crimes before. Um, the person is in that serial killer range of age, which would have been between 30 and 45 years of age at the time of the murders. Um, not being a serial killer, then I would say that the person does work in blue collar, but works in blue collar by choice. Or no, excuse me, not by choice, but because they have to. Um, they don't have the uh, educated background in order to advance themselves. So more in the blue collar field. And as I've said with serial killers before, they're normally working in blue collar, but in the jobs that they have, they, uh, the income is actually received from state or local funding, meaning that the employers that they normally have uh, aren't normally earning the revenue as a typical business would, they're being funded. So if dude's not a serial killer, it's a one-off event. It is an escalated event. Um, uh, the age is going to be between 30 and 45 years old, probably over 40 years old at the time of the killings. Um, he can be over 75 miles, even 100 miles away from the spot or the, um, the area in which the crime was committed. And in this case, working in blue collar, um, not because of choice, but because they have to, and that blue collar uh, position is actually funded by revenue from the actual company. And that's what I would say if I had to kind of, you know, put together a little, uh, you know, thing for investigators. That's just my opinion. Again, I'm a podcaster. Take it for entertainment value. But come back if you want to hear more about it. And if you've got something to say, leave me a comment. This is Chip Mahoney. I'm stepping out on Drowning Verdict today. Hope you liked the update. 
I think it's uh, something to talk about and we'll see. There's uh, about two months before we get to uh, the anniversary and hopefully something comes of it. Uh, but investigators have kept this one close to the vest. It seems like they know a lot and hopefully they uh, do something with it real soon. That would be great. This is Chip Mahoney signing off. Thanks for joining me. I'll talk to you next time. I'm out.